Are you ready to take the lead in the dance of life? Fall in love with who you are right now and find uninhibited joy every day? Then it's time for you to flaunt your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. Join radio host Laura Cheadle and learn how the five steps of flaunt can help you quit seeking approval, proving your worth, and release you from the judgment of others. Express all that you are, discover your naked self-worth, and finally, enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. Welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle. As you may or may not know, this month's theme is all about sex, goddesses, femininity, all of that amazing stuff. And my guest today is Jillian Aurora, and she is phenomenal in so many ways, and I feel like she and I have so much synergy around our work because we, are, we both work with self-worth. And before I introduce her further and have you get really excited about this show, I want to say a couple of different things about that. I don't care who you are. I don't care how experienced and brilliant and successful you are. All of us have issues with our self-worth. And I really, truly mean that. You can be in the C-suite. You can be so competent and successful at work and at home and still feel inside that you're not worthy or that you have to prove your worth. I know because I've been there. (laughs) It's my guess that Jillian has probably been there as well. Yeah. But, yes, good. But no matter who you are, no matter how confident you are, you can still be very confident and still need to work on your self-worth. So with that said, let me introduce you to Jillian a bit more. I love her bio. She says she was born a natural catalyst for change and growth. She has a clarity about her purpose and an unshakable resolve unknown to most. Those who find themselves in Jillian's presence experience both a feeling of safety and an inspiration to expand, which I love because I'm all about dichotomy, smart, sexy, spiritual, safe, and expansion. I love the whole dichotomy. Jillian's very extensive sparks existence sparks an invitation to align with what makes you feel most alive and to follow the whispers of your heart's call. Jillian's quiet confidence should not be mistaken for passivity. She is quick to lovingly point out the truth. Often the seductive compromises holding you back from living fully alive. Jillian is a tantalizing blend of old soul wisdom and heart-wrenching battle scars earned in life's arena. Now, without further ado, I want to say, Jillian, thank you so much for being on my show this month. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored to be here. I am so thrilled. Now, in case you are wondering, or in case the listeners are wondering, I introed this month as being all about sex, goddess, femininity, and then I did this little pivot to self-worth. 
to me, that's not a big stretch. That's not a big pivot. It's all part and parcel of goddess energy, feminine energy. And I would just love for you to share with listeners your take on femininity, goddessness, all of this self-worth, bailiwick. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so I might go in an unexpected direction here. Um, (laughs) So I believe my journey in finding my goddess and allowing her to really be and expand has actually included awakening my warrior, my internal warrior. So that's actually my masculine energy. And these have been like super important to have both together. So I believe the self-worth piece is actually in our masculine energy, the self-confidence, self-worth, assertive communication, being willing to stand up for yourself. That's all masculine energy. What happened for me is my masculine energy was so shut down that my feminine energy was then not able to really shine or expand. So my feminine energy actually ended up because it was the only energy present and my masculine was shut down. I actually started to embody the victim energy, which can be when we don't have a good balance of the masculine and feminine. So to get out of the victim energy, I actually had to embody my masculine and really work on my self-worth and work on my boundaries and really getting into some uncomfortable territory, standing up for myself. When I did that, then I was able to hold this protective space for my goddess to be creative and feminine and flowing and Um, I allowed myself really the space to do what I love, which is writing, it's gardening, it's being with myself and really connecting with the spiritual, with other beings here, with the earth. I mean, that feminine energy is all about connection, right? It's about connecting to everything, to spirit, to myself. Um, So it was really in expanding my masculine that my feminine was able to just shine and radiate. Yes. And you said it might be in a different direction. No, that was the exact perfect right direction because there is such a misunderstanding around femininity. And oftentimes people think the feminine is the self-sacrificing, do everything for everyone all the time, that you have no needs, that you have no desires. And that could not be further from the truth. And You're right, whether it's, you know, being the victim, it's wounded feminine, and that's the goddess, is reclaiming all of those pieces of ourselves. Masculine is part of the feminine. Feminine is also part of the masculine. That's what I believe leans to wounded masculinity is they, the wounded masculine is ignoring the pieces of the feminine, just like the wounded feminine is ignoring pieces of the masculine. Heck Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) So in the intro, I said that you, I read that you've got some battle scars. And as I also said, I've been down that road of being the martyr, the self-sacrificing mother, the share with the listeners, if you would, some of your stories and some of your journey so they can know they're not unique (laughs) in what they're doing. And if you did it, they can too. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've chosen some really tough paths and um, I say chosen because I really, I mean chosen, you know, even, even my family that I came, I was born into, I believe my soul chose that path because I was here to master um, some very specific things and to heal some very specific wounds. So when I came to this planet, I was born to a family where my father was a drug addict and um, he eventually left my life around six years old. Um, and my mom remarried and we ended up getting into some very, very extreme religion and there was a lot of sexism. Um, and then I chose into a lot of other relationships with men that were very, um, very toxic, uh, some of them abusive. And um, what that taught me and the reasons why I chose that is, again, I'm going to go back to that victim energy. I chose the victim space Therefore, I attracted villains, you know, that wounded masculine. So the wounded feminine always attracts the wounded masculine. I attracted a lot of wounded masculine. So I had um, a lot of issues with partners with substance abuse. I had issues with partners who were just verbally abusive and very suppressive of, of my goddess. And I chose that very specifically so that I could learn how to awaken my warrior. You know, because I was suppressed, I learned how to have a voice. Without those triggers and without those experiences, I don't think I would have had enough pain to really step into my power and, and find my voice. But I have because I've had those really intense experiences. And they were no joke. It was very difficult to get out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I absolutely believe there is nothing that happens to us. It all happens for us. Absolutely. Yeah. So first of all, you know, congratulations to you for seeing that and for being a leader on that path because I think the feminine is rising right now, but I also think it's important for all of us, whether we're like into this whole thing or not, to start recognizing what is healthy feminine and what is not healthy and taking that responsibility. It's not our fault that we're victimized, but we can also always make ourselves better. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. We are not at fault for being a victim. However, however, we always have the responsibility. How are we going to choose to respond to the situation? If I was victimized, like I still get some responsibility. How am I going to write the end to that story? I still have the pen to write the story of my life. And if I choose to give that power to the person that victimized me, why, why am I choosing to give them the power and to be at the mercy of them for the rest of my life? I may have been at the mercy of them for a moment, but I'm not going to give them the power to be that I'm giving them the keys to my life for the rest of my life. I get to write the end of that story. Yes, I love that. And I know in your work, you talk about breaking the rules. And we'll go into that next. But I also feel like some of this is breaking the rules. I feel like there has been a paradigm for a long time that if you're a victim, you're ruined. If this has happened, you're ruined. And it's like, no, I am breaking those rules. And I am choosing to write my own ending. So I love that. 
And now I'd like to hear you talk about some of these rules that need breaking and how you help people break some of those rules. Yeah, so really my heart in this is like I felt very pressured to follow a lot of rules. Um, I grew up again very religious and so there were some rules that came with that. Um, I think culturally and and religious wise, I feel like I had some uh, a paradigm of what I was supposed to be. Um, what I should do. And those things are what I'm talking about when I say the rules. So fitting like gender norms, um, you know, I'm supposed to work certain feminine jobs or I'm supposed to be a mother or how dare I be a woman in my 30s without children or, um, yeah, I like what you said about healing. That is also breaking some rules. You know, if if you're diagnosed with a mental illness, then you're supposed to fit this paradigm. You're supposed to fit this model of an image. Men deal with the same thing. In fact, that's a huge issue. You know, men can deal with the issue of um, looking manly, looking tough. Um, so there's all sorts of paradigms out there. Um, I work with a, a ton of women who are moms. Um, and who are wives, and so there's a whole uh, a whole bunch of rules that come into play with those roles. If I'm a good mom, then I will X Y Z. If I'm a good spouse, then I will X Y Z. And very often, um, it's the choice between playing this role or betraying yourself. Like you're going to betray yourself in order to play this this role and follow these rules. And and it really creates a lot of self-suppression. And people wonder why they become numb and why they do end up on antidepressants or medication or or self-medicating through alcohol or other substances because they're so unhappy because they're not free. Their soul isn't free. They're caged by these rules. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that I want to take a second for all the listeners out there and just kind of have you think about what you do with your life and what will you do with your time. And as you're doing that, how do you feel? Because you talked about that soul being caged. And there are so many people that I work with that you work with that we all know. They're at work and they're just getting through. They come home, they binge watch Netflix, and they have one glass of wine that maybe leads to two, and then they do it all over again, and there is no passion or living or real joy. I mean, sure, watching Game of Thrones is fun, but it's not this unapologetic, (laughs) uninhibited, which is my word, unapologetic, which is yours, joy. And I just kind of, yeah, want to challenge you to think about how much joy you've got in your life right now and maybe start thinking about ways that that can shift. Yes. Mm -hmm. So then going into that, you know, unapologetic, like I said, I'm uninhibited, you're unapologetic. Talk a little bit more about what that means in terms of living an unapologetic life. Mm. Yeah, so I remember I was actually, um, I believe it's 2018 when that was my word, unapologetic. It just came to me, and that's been a thing for a couple of years now. A word will just pop into my head, and it's like, oh, that's my theme. Like, that's it. 
And um, unapologetic was my word. And it really was this idea that I'm not sorry for having needs. That was a big thing. Um, I had walked around for a long time really apologizing for taking up space, apologizing for being inconvenient, um, apologizing even for the air I breathed because I was very sensitive to um, pollution issues or like being kind to the earth. And I was very like, I was very sad and sorry for what us human beings were doing to the planet. And what that really created in me was, was this sense of apology for everything, like really trying to make myself as small and inconvenient as possible. And so unapologetic for me was breaking free from that. And my whole paradigm shift where shifted where it was no longer about um, how can I minimize damage, but how can I maximize what I contribute? So I get to be unapologetic of my needs and everything I am and how I was created and what my passion was and what my purpose is. I get to be unapologetic of that. And I get to really put all of my life energy into how can I contribute in the greatest way to this planet? And that is how um, instead of, you know, minimizing the damage that I do here, um, I don't I don't have to be questioning. I don't have to be questioning of why I was put on this planet. I don't have to be apologetic of that. Even with all the needs I have, I'm here for a specific purpose and I get to trust that. And therefore I get to be unapologetic of what I'm here to contribute. I love that. I love that. And that is listeners. Listen to this. (laughs) That is the perfect description. I think of what is truly divine feminine because femininity is about creation. We birth babies, we birth ideas, we birth everything. And if we're constantly apologizing for what we need in order to birth something, it's not going to be birthed. And that's, you know, this whole theme, it's, it's April when we're recording this. The theme is sex, birds and the bees, which is creation. And I really like bringing people in sometimes with that word of like, ah, sex, dirty, naughty, bad. No, it's creativity. It's birthing. It is beauty. And we need things in order to create. And if you need fresh air, clean air, you need it. If you need space, if you need sleep, if you need support, whatever you need, that is only to serve you, and in turn, you serve everybody else. So it's such that giving and receiving, and it's symbiotic, and it's creativity, and I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, you talk about the goddess a lot. Um, I'm sure there's listeners out there who are like, yes, right on, goddess. And I'm sure there's listeners out there who are thinking, a what? <laughs> Can you explain to listeners what you mean by goddess and how they might be able to connect to that energy more? Yeah, and actually I chose this name because I know it is a little bit provoking. Yes. Um, so I think what, what my heart feels a little sorrowful about is that over the millennia, we have gotten more and more uncomfortable with the divine feminine and the word goddess is 
not as common. In fact, a lot of the feminine forms of many different words have been forgotten. We're very familiar with the word creator, but not so familiar with the word creatrix. Yep. You know, how many of us even know that word? And um, so I, I do this purposefully. I, I'm provoking people purposefully to get them thinking about the divine feminine. I have nothing against the divine masculine. I love the divine masculine. And the word God is beautiful and wonderful. I think the word God and the divine masculine is so enhanced and even more powerful when the goddess is present. And so the divine feminine to me is everything that is connecting, again, connecting us to spirit, connecting us to each other. The divine feminine yearns to connect to the divine masculine. That's what we're here for is to be radiant. We just radiate beauty and inspiration. Our very presence, our beingness just radiates this glorious inspiration, what I like to call the why. So the divine feminine embodies the why and the divine masculine embodies the doing, right? Um, So it's this beautiful blend and combination. The divine masculine is looking for a why, right? Without a why, we're lost. We don't have any direction. The divine masculine is powerful. It's resourceful. It has so much massive energy that it wants to channel towards a vision. The divine feminine is the vision, right? And so I, what I'm here to do with goddess coaching is really to help women and men, because we both, you know, both sexes can get caught up in the shadow feminine or the wounded feminine, which to me is the codependency, people-pleasing, being too passive, self-betraying, all of those pieces are really the shadow side of the feminine energy. And that's what I'm here to heal. I'm here to help people step into their goddess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love how you put that because it was so clear and it's so right. We are more powerful together. We need both sides of the coin and we cannot suppress one. Something else that you said that I kind of want to circle back to the beginning when we were talking about victimhood and that it's not your fault, but you have a responsibility. I know in my past, it's my guess that you might have had a similar circumstance. There were times where I was fairly healthy but I would be around somebody who was not healthy and I would find myself eroding away. I'm not blaming them. It's just that we being nice people soften our boundaries in relationships, try to help and it's easy to sink. And I didn't know if you had a had that experience and B if you had any tips for listeners who might be thinking, Oh my gosh, This is starting to sound like something I'm in, and I know I'm dating this new guy, and I'm really getting weird. (laughs) Yes, so good. Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna set a little bit of a foundation here. So follow me. (laughs) Um, So I want to talk about the four different roles of. feminine and masculine energy. So if you can kind of see this spectrum and on one end of the spectrum, you have the shadow feminine. Okay. And I'm going to call her the victim. 
And then in the next piece of this spectrum, you have the goddess, which is the divine feminine. And then you have the divine masculine. And then you have the shadow masculine, which is the villain. Okay, and so we've talked a little bit about the goddess, and we've talked a little bit about the victim, right, and the roles that they play. And the divine masculine or the warrior energy is self-worth, self-confidence, assertive communication, boundaries. You get the idea of, of this role. And then the next role is that villain energy, which I think is what you're talking about. Where yes. Sometimes we come in contact with this person who is, uh, they get a little aggressive, they little get a little controlling, a little manipulative, uh, maybe some gaslighting, like there's some weird uh, suppressive energy happening by the villain. So when you come in contact with villain energy, you will instantly want to go to the matching energy, which is the victim energy. They pair, right? Yes. Victim and villain pair. So that victim energy is what you're going to want to naturally go to, which is being too passive, kind of sorry for yourself. Like, I can't believe that they're doing this to me. Kind of the doormat energy, people pleasing, trying to be good enough to make them better. All the things, right? Right. Okay. So the best way that, that I learned how to heal from being in the victim energy where I was constantly attracting the villain, right, was yep. for me to shift to my warrior. So if you are finding that you are in the shadow feminine, the, the uh, victim energy, then you'll want to really start to work on those warrior traits, which is the self-worth, boundaries, assertive communication. Like boundaries are so key, right? Learning how to speak what you want unapologetically Yes. And holding those requirements. And then vice versa for the wounded masculine. The way to heal the wounded masculine is to light up the goddess. It is to prioritize empathy and compassion and connection and all the beautiful things that the divine feminine is. So do you see how how those all play? Yes. And that's perfect because I'm sure all of the listeners have had this experience it's a toxic boss. And then the work, whole workplace starts spiraling down. Yeah. Or it's, you know, Aunt Thelma or Uncle Al, and you have these family dinners, and suddenly your whole Thanksgiving is toxic. Or it's a new relationship or an old relationship, and suddenly you're spiraling down. And I think we're all aware that it's a negative downward spiral, but sometimes we just don't know what to do to stop it or why it's happening. So, yes, that was absolutely perfect. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think what often holds us back from shifting into that warrior energy is we're afraid of losing people. You know, we're we're really afraid of uh, pissing off the villain. Yes. Okay. We're afraid of them being angry. We're afraid of, the, of losing them entirely. We're afraid of them making a scene. So stepping into that warrior is kind of this fearlessness that I'm, I'm okay with losing someone or making them angry. They might shift. I've seen that happen. Or we might lose them. And either way, that is what will bring us back into balance. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just wanted to share this piece. I'm sure you've got some similar stuff. When I have worked with women or moms, especially who do have the rules around what femininity looks like and what it means to be a good wife or a good mother, they hear that word assertive and they go, oh, no, 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 no. I'm kind and loving. I'm not assertive. And what I like to remind them is, so is a mama bear. Yes. And you not cross mama bear. (laughs) You just don't. So if you're thinking, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a lover. Yes. And so is that mama bear. Yeah, so beautiful. So um, actually, a message that is my main message is what honors me honors everyone, or what honors you honors everyone. Um, So, so key. People get mixed up in this a lot, that kindness is somehow different than boundaries. And um, I love Brene Brown. Yeah. And one of her quotes um, I just love so dearly is that the most compassionate people are also the most boundary people. Ah, uh, that is so beautiful. I love it. And, and I just, that's such a beautiful picture to me that um, when I set boundaries, when I can say no, I actually am able to say yes to many more powerful Um, opportunities for not just myself, but for everyone. When I say no and I protect my space, right now, today, I impact worlds more people than I did when I was saying yes to everything and trying to people please. So I'm actually far more of an impact today when I am operating in my assertive communication. I'm not afraid to say no. I'm not afraid to say what I think versus back in the day when I was very apologetic of everything that I did and I was constantly prioritizing kindness or everybody else's needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what honors you honors everyone. I love that. And I would just like to hear how your take on honoring because I, I've got my own vibrational energy feel around honor, but would you share what it means to you to honor yourself? Yeah, actually this word came to me. um, I I was having trouble kind of translating this idea to everybody when I would say like, if you love yourself, that's most loving to other people. And, and some people would, would struggle with digesting that. Or the other thing I would say is selfishness. Selfishness actually empowers me to be the best version of myself. And again, very difficult to digest. Yes. And so when I, when I stumbled across the word honor, I was like, that's it. That's it. It's about respect, right? It's about respect. Respecting myself. And I think this hits this hits a deeper chord than just like being selfish or um, loving myself. But it's it's respecting myself, which is a little deeper meaning. When I honor myself, it's not an ushy gushy, I'm gonna take baths every night and make sure I have time for myself. Right. Honoring is kind of it is a little bit of a masculine feel. It's this idea that I'm going to have my own back, right? I'm going to be there for myself and I'm going to be there for other people. It is that mama bear energy. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to be there for me. And that is a a little bit different vibration than I'm going to love on me. 
Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, like we were saying earlier, self-worth is really deep. It's not just, I take a bath. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, I'd like to pause for a couple of seconds here because we've got a little advertisement that will be coming in. And then when we come back, I want to walk you through the five steps of flaunt so listeners can get to know you a little bit deeper as a person. Perfect. To all the women who have cried in the shower, smiled when they wanted to scream, and couldn't wait to get home and unhook their bra, Flaunt is the definitive guidebook on how to get back in touch with who you are underneath your labels, roles, and scripts. Fall in love with yourself right now. Breathe life into the dreams you left behind and live each day with uninhibited joy. Pick up a copy of Laura Cheadle's number one best-selling book, Flaunt. Drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self wherever books are sold. It's available in print, digital, and audio formats and comes with two downloadable meditations. And we are back. The five steps of flaunt stand for F, find your fetish. L, laugh out loud. AU, accept unconditionally. N, navigate the negative. And T, trust in your truth. And I want to walk you through these steps so listeners can really get to know you as a person. Not only is this amazing coach and leader and transformational, you know, person that you are, but a little bit more about you and your past and your why. As you put it at the beginning of the show, the feminine is about that why. And I love that. So I want to use these questions to get to know you and your why a little bit more. Okay, that first step F is find your fetish. What is your fetish now? What is the thing that you are just passionate about for you? Not necessarily for helping other people, but just for you. And how did that evolve throughout your lifetime? Wow, it would be very difficult to choose one. I feel like I have many. Um, I, I'm an introvert, so I don't feel that my biggest things are are social. I love to be in nature. I've loved gardening since I was like 12. Um, I would obsess over gardening catalogs in the winter and I just couldn't wait to put it in order for (laughs) time. Um, So that's a big one for me. I love learning. I love reading books. Um, uh, I'm a little evolved now I'm not as uh, as much of a visual book reader I do a lot of audio books because I like to multitask Um, I love animals I have three little fur babies Um, I love to play piano I love to cook Um, I love weightlifting I did a couple bodybuilding shows so yeah I those are a couple of my fetishes Oh, I love those. I love that. All of that. But I love that the bodybuilding, because that kind of pulls into that masculine, too, of strength. And you're this beautiful, you know, listeners, if you have not seen her, you should look, you should jump online and look at her picture. What is your website? Uh, My website is goddesslifecoaching.com. Perfect. So jump on, look at her picture, because she is this beautiful, soft, stereotypical, um, beautiful woman. And I love the bodybuilding because that's that power and that's that perfect balance of healthy feminine. 
Yes. Yeah. A, a huge part of my journey was awakening my warrior. And I felt like this yearning for strength. And so um, music was a big part of that, working out at the gym, and it just built and built and built. And that has created such a space for the woman I am today. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now that next step is L, laugh out loud. You've been through some pretty dark times in your life. (laughs) Can you talk about the role of humor? You know, maybe when you lost it, when you found it, if it, how it pulled you through, if it pulled you through, just laughter. Yes, um, I love to laugh. I feel like I laugh a lot at, at some of the tragic situations. You know, there's always something to laugh at in the middle of it all. There's always something that is ridiculous, <laughs> whether yes. it's the person you're dealing with that you're like, what on earth are they thinking? What is happening right now? Whether it's laughing at myself and my own reactions. Um, like, I, I just find humor in a lot of things that probably not, you're not supposed to laugh at. Um, and then, you know, I think some of the traditional things that, that people do, too. I, I enjoy a good comedy. I enjoy stand-up. I enjoy, um, you know, just listening things, to things on YouTube, laughing at things on Facebook. Any of those things are, are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, humor sometimes is just that funny, funny, funny stuff. But for me, my favorite kind of humor is kind of the irony, the parody, the, you know, twisting the knife a little. And I appreciated it so much when you talked about intentionally using the word goddess to kind of provoke people and say, hey, isn't it funny that we don't use this word anymore? Isn't it funny that the feminine for, because it is, it's ironic and we know why. And that's the same reason that I, you know, tend to use the word sex. Every organism is a sexual being because every organism reproduces and it's kind of that parody that oh we can't say that word because it's so taboo and it brings people into the creation in the same way you bring people in yes and i love that so that is me honoring you in your use of humor thank you (laughs) you're welcome The next two letters are A-U for accept unconditionally. And I personally find that the most difficult yet the most profound thing to do. Again, going to your past, you've been through a lot. There's, you know, mental illness, um, alcoholism, trauma, all of this stuff. How do you go about accepting all of that and reconciling that whole heavy past with who you are today? You know, actually, this is, this is a really big deal because I think until we are able to heal that anger um, that we have towards anyone that we feel we've been victimized by, like we don't fully heal. Um, so yeah, this is huge to me. So a couple of things here that have been powerful. One is, um, being able to step into whoever's shoes, you know, at that time, being able to see someone else's pain. Um, and sometimes like, I feel like this is a really, 
uh, easy thing to do in some ways for the feminine because we are so naturally empathetic and compassionate. Mm-hmm. So this was something that, that was an easier space for me than actually learning how to say, yes, I love you and I'm not going to be in your space, right? Hey, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, there's been some forgiveness for sure. Going back and seeing how how things were difficult for them, seeing that they did the best they could. That's a huge thing. The people in my life were all doing the best they could, even if they hurt me. Um, That's huge. So is gratitude, finding the gratitude, finding the silver linings, even though um, I would not say uh, I would have someone victimize me or anybody else. I would also say I've benefited from being victimized because here's the thing is I had the opportunity to find my power and strength to overcome it. So Mm -hmm. it became an opportunity for me. Mm -hmm. And Um, This is also, this is something I've learned in some of the reading I've done is, is the feminine, part of the feminine is learning how to really gain our strength and see our strength through overcoming whatever our griefs are. And so um, accepting my past, part of that is seeing the silver linings and seeing how I've gained power from that. Mm, I like that. So, Can you offer to the listeners, first of all, any insight on how to forgive other people who may have victimized them, as well as how to forgive themselves for sitting in an unhealthy space for sometimes 20 years before you wake up and then you're like, I can forgive them, but how do I forgive myself for being here? So huge, so huge. I would say that for sure that was harder for me um, was forgiving myself than other people. And I I find that to be true for many, many women. Um, Again, with other people, for me, what helped me forgive them was coming to a place of empathy, seeing their pain, perhaps seeing the past that they came from or seeing that they were doing their best to self-medicate because they didn't know how to deal with an issue or like there's lots of ways that you can see from their perspective why they chose the path that they did. Um, And then for self-forgiveness, this has been a really huge one. I believe I came here to, to master my own self-betrayal, right? That, that was my, the biggest thing that I did that I needed to heal. And so, yeah, it, it's incredibly, so a big thing for me, it was incredibly hard to work through my marriage where um, I was married to an alcoholic and I left for four months and then I went back. And that was probably the most embarrassing and ashamed, uh, the thing I was most ashamed of was going back a second time because I had moved everything out. I had gotten all of my friends to help me move everything out of my house. And then I went back and had to do it all over again. And I cannot tell you the shame I felt and how much secrecy that I had for a while um, because I was so embarrassed that I chose to go back to this relationship. And, and I, I had a hard time forgiving myself for making those choices, not only for myself, but then putting everybody else through it again. Yeah. And um, I realized today, A, 
I needed to go through every possible scenario in order to heal from it, right? I needed to experience that to know I did everything I could. And I don't have to be ashamed of that. And B, because I went through that, I now have a voice with other women who have gone back multiple times, right? And and I can feel their shame and I can, I can connect with them and relate to them. So every time that we have experienced our own shadow and we have acted from that place, there is always a gift in it. And so part of forgiving myself is seeing those gifts and seeing the purpose that my soul already knew. My soul already knew what I needed from that experience. And so I walked through it. And so I get to trust. I get to trust my intuition and I get to trust myself for walking the path that I did. Mm-hmm. And thank you for being so vulnerable and open in just talking about that shame. Because sitting with our shame is uncomfortable for anyone. I don't care who you are. It's uncomfortable. Yes. Yet we've all been there. Yeah, it's super uncomfortable. I like what you said at the very beginning that we all experience shame. There's always like I've walked through so much shame. Those those uh, little nagging thoughts that say you're not good enough or who do you think you are? Yeah, they're always there and we get to address them and bring them into the light. Absolutely. So the next step is N, and it's navigate the negative. And I personally don't believe anything is negative. I personally believe they are all stepping stones that get us to that next higher level, but that it's difficult to navigate sometimes. (laughs) And you've been through a lot, and you've gotten to that higher level. And if you're anything like me, it's sometimes so easy to be like, yes, I did it, and I got there. And then something happens, and you think, I didn't get there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any tips or stories that you could share with the listeners about navigating this thing called life? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, For me, there's a couple of things. I love that you said nothing is negative. Um, It is how we spin it. It's how we perceive it. Um, Nothing is happening to us. It's always happening for us. And um, that can be hard. That can be hard when we are experiencing extremely painful things and especially things that are unknowns. We don't know how they're going to turn out. And that can be personal, that can be collective things, but we, I think dealing with the uncertainty is one of the hardest things that we'll ever do. For me, part of that is self-awareness. What is the story I'm creating in my head? That's really key. Um, Also, gratitude. I can always flip something if I go back to gratitude. Um, A a big uh, activity exercise that I like to do is pick three things that I'm frustrated about and then do a gratitude list on those three things. Oh, I love that. It really helps me reshape and reframe those things because I can always find some things that I'm grateful for. You know, if it's money, right, that's a big one. I can, you know, we're often we're often obsessively focused on the bills and the things going out. But what if we take a moment to be grateful for the things coming in? You know, the free coffee that you got or the gift that you received in the mail or the discount you got. You know, once you start actually... Um, calculating those things, then you get to see all of the things that are on the positive side. 
I also love the um, exercise, Yes And. Um, and this is a stand-up comedy um, uh, trick or trade. Part of the trade is Yes And. So when something bad or negative happens, then I get to respond with Yes and now, you know, so it keeps me focused on the solution and the next thing instead of just um, really sitting in that icky negative energy. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. And, you know, we're recording this in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak. And, you know, same thing. It's this is hard. This is uncertain. This is difficult. Yes, and there's a lot that's going to come from this. And there's a lot of beauty from this. And even some of those negative moments, I know within my heart that ultimately a lot of beauty is going to come from this. Absolutely. Yeah. And that leads us to our um, last letter T, which is trust in your truth. And my belief is that our truth is always self-worth. Our truth is always ultimate strength and power and beauty and connection in who we are. And I was hoping you would share with us a little bit about your truth and what you believe your truth is and how you trust in exactly who you are. Okay, yeah. So self-trust is actually like one of my most foundational pieces of um of truth i guess um self-trust is me trusting that my intuition led me exactly where i needed to be right trusting that even when i went into the trenches it was meant to be Mm -hmm. trusting that um the universe is conspiring in my favor even when It looks really dark, even when I might feel abandoned, even when I might feel alone. I trust that that is the process, right? Um, I trust that. So this is an interesting thing, actually. Self-trust comes up a lot when women I work with are so afraid of entering a new relationship, yeah. They're afraid, you know, their picker is broken. Yep. <laughs> They're afraid of finding another bad person. Yeah. And I believe that this all comes down to self-trust. When I can trust myself, um, when I know that I'll have my back no matter what, when I know I will honor my boundaries, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be afraid of... Um, I don't have to be afraid that if somebody says something that's demeaning or condescending, I don't have to be afraid that I'm, I'm not going to stick up for myself because I trust myself. So it doesn't matter who in the world that I, um, that I come across, who I get into a relationship with, friendships, family members. It doesn't matter who it is on this planet. If I trust myself, I'm fine. I trust myself. If I know I'll have my own back, then there is no one in the world that I have to fear. I love that. I love that. And again, what a powerful place to sit and rest in, mm-hmm. knowing that you've got your own back. That's beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and that really, that is my warrior. It's trusting my warrior, that my warrior is going to stand up for me. My warrior is going to protect me. And there's a little piece of this. This is interesting, but, um, you know, when we look at the actual genders, I feel like a lot of females feel historically we've been abandoned by the male sex. Instead of being enjoyed and appreciated, we have been taken advantage of and consumed. Yeah. And so this has given us the opportunity now to be that warrior for ourselves instead of relying on the external warrior. I love that. Yeah, I think that's very true. And, and you're right. You're talking about historically. The past is the past, and we learn from the past. But we don't have to repeat the past. Right. And I have allowed myself to be taken advantage of and consumed. I don't think there's a woman on the planet, or really even a man on the planet, who has not entered into that at some point. Yeah. And it's just that learning. It's that, like you said, yes and yes. I was taken advantage of, and now what? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So one of the things that I like to do to conclude my interviews is have you describe yourself to the listeners without using your title, your level of education, your role with anybody else. And it can be, of course, a beautiful sentence that makes perfect sense, or it can just be a stream of consciousness. Um, I find myself to be sparkly and aqua and feathery and energetic and, you know, like a lightning storm. But I would like you to just describe yourself just from those energetic terms. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually going to read this because this is a new mantra that I've written, um, if that's okay. Please, that would be wonderful. Okay. I am Jillian Sarah Aurora. I am resilient and fierce and unstoppable. My own personal transparency holds the keys to millions of others' personal freedom and ascension. And I am committed to this intuitive mission. I am willing to lose or gain anything and everything to follow my divine inner guidance. Oh, I love that so much. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for letting me share. That feels feels really deep within my soul right now. Oh, yes. That's, that is your truth right there. Yeah. Yeah. So where else can listeners get a hold of you, find out more about your incredible programs and coaching and merchandise, all of that good stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, so my website, there, you can find all sorts of resources there, goddesslifecoaching.com. You can find my blog there. I love to write. Writing is my jam. Yeah. Um, so you can find lots of written work there. You can find my podcast, Braveheart Conversations. You can find my apparel line I have an unapologetic apparel line as well as goddess coaching lots of fun stuff there and then um, my community that is free and like there's so much love and support there is on on Facebook it's a Facebook group called unapologetic and you can find that through facebook.com slash groups slash I am unapologetic 
Yay. And listeners, I recently joined her group and yeah, it's a ton of fun. So absolutely look her up. Um, I am happy to connect you too. If you can't remember all of that, lauracheadle.com, L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E. And thank you so much, Jillian, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I so enjoyed this conversation and you just have a beautiful heart and beautiful energy. Oh, thank you so much. And listeners, I hope you all have a very beautiful, happy, joyful day. I hope this conversation has caused you to turn inward and self-reflect and maybe start chipping away at whatever it is. Forgiveness for self, forgiveness for others, to make yourself the goddess that you are. Have a fantastic week. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Overcome the need to please and find the uninhibited joy of being exactly who you are right now. Come find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more and get your free gift at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. 